Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A death in the family. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Just seven miles west of downtown Chicago is Gage Park, a grandiose melting pot founded in 1840 by the Gage family. The area welcomed Germans, Polish, Lithuanians, Czech immigrants. As Gage Park grew, the city of Chicago annexed the burgeoning township, making it one of the more dynamic and diverse communities in its orbit. But organized crime, among other complicated community issues, soon seeped in, creating a climate for what we're talking about today a brutal string of homicides that forever changed the identity of the area. Today, we're talking about the Gage Park murders. Community was what brought the Martinez family to Gage Park. There, 62-year-old Noe Martinez and his 58-year-old wife, Rosora Martinez, had a network of friends and family around every corner. Rosora and Noe had two children, 38-year-old Noe Martinez Jr. and 32-year-old Maria Martinez, who grew up in Gage Park and started their own families there. Maria had two children, 13-year-old Leonardo Cruz and 10-year-old Alexi Cruz, and was still on good terms with her ex-husband, who was the father of her two children. Maria's ex-husband's nephew, if you're following, uh, was 22-year-old Diego Uribe Cruz, a frequent guest at the Martinez family home at 5708 South California Avenue. He came over to hang out, play video games, and have meals with his aunt and young cousins. It was kind of an ideal situation in a lot of ways, family bonding together and creating a network of close-knit community across many generations. Until February 4th, 2016. It was then the Chicago Fire Department received a call from a co-worker of Noe Martinez Jr. The co-worker was concerned. His usually punctual and responsible friend and colleague hadn't shown up to work in two days. The police dispatcher said he would send officers and the fire department by the Martinez home just to check. A short time later, the Chicago Fire Department and Chicago PD arrived at 5708 South California Avenue to perform a wellness check on Noe Martinez Jr. and his family. Before the police entered the house, an officer glanced through the window and saw the legs of an unresponsive person barely protruding from the floor behind a couch. Still, Chicago PD looked around some more and saw no signs of forced entry. At 1.05 p.m., a fireman finally opened the front door and police officers entered the house. Initially, in the home's entryway, there is nothing out of place. But as law enforcement round the corner to the living room, that changes fast. Officers are shocked at a sight more horrific than they imagined. 
a motionless, blood-covered body on the floor. Nearby, there is a second body. Officers pause and immediately call for additional support and medical personnel on the police scanner. Quote, Roll ambulance this way. We got people passed out. I don't know if they're dead or what. Send the Sarge over here. It is a bloody mess. The lifeless bodies appear to be that of a young teenage boy and an older man. Blood and wounds suggest that the victims had been brutally stabbed. Of course, officers suspect that these may be Martinez family members, but they don't know for sure. Not yet. It could be a break-in gone wrong. They check for a pulse, but find nothing. Even for experienced police officers, the sight of such a young and old victim is painful and confusing to see. And even worse, photos all over the Martinez house help officers quickly identify the victims as 13-year-old Leonardo Cruz and 62-year-old Noe Martinez. Bear in mind, this is only the entryway, the first part of the Martinez home. As officers proceed, they can only imagine what they'll find in the rest of the house. First, they check the basement. Walking downstairs into the house's foundation, they find more victims. At the bottom of the stairs, there is the dead body of a female victim, presumed to be in her 50s or 60s. A few paces away, on the basement floor, there is another body. This victim appears to be a very young boy, perhaps 8 to 12 years old. Both victims were stabbed. Painfully, the family pictures on the walls and refrigerator help officers identify the two victims in the basement as 58-year-old Rosora Martinez and 10-year-old Alexi Cruz. Unfortunately, it does not end there. Officers walk back upstairs and up to the second floor of the Martinez home. There, they find the body of a 30-something female with injuries consistent with multiple gunshot wounds to the head. Nearby, there is the body of a man, most likely in his 30s or 40s, appearing to have been beaten with an object. Drawing, again, upon the same pictures and information from the walls and refrigerators in this home, the victims are identified as 32-year-old Maria Martinez and 38-year-old Noe Martinez Jr. The lone survivor of the Martinez family massacre is the dog, who is found alive and covered in blood. His collar says his name is Pelusa, Spanish for fuzzy. Sensing this tragedy will create a local media frenzy, more officers rush to the scene from the Chicago PD, including Assistant Police Superintendent John Escalante and Chief of Detectives Eugene Roy. Crime scene investigators comb the house for evidence. It appears that cash, an Xbox, and various other valuables are missing from the house. Law enforcement immediately think this is a case of a botched robbery gone bad. But Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson, who is overseeing the whole investigation, is confused and doubtful. With stabbings, gunshot wounds, and a death toll that ranges from a 10-year-old to a 60-something man, he's never seen a home robbery with this high of a fatality rate, or one nearly as violent. After initial press write-ups, of course the community is, is struck by the sheer savagery of these murders. The tragedy goes on to become one of the most notorious Chicago-area murders in history, ominously known to the locals as the Gage Park Murders. Nobody can understand who has the motive to commit such a heinous crime, especially one that counts innocent children amongst its victims. Again, the discussion is pretty redundant. A random break-in wouldn't have warranted the brutality of a mass homicide. It had to be deeper than that, more intimate, even though the investigation hasn't turned that way. Not quite yet, anyway. To Gage Park residents, it feels so personal, as if the attack was perpetuated upon the entire community. Let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. 
Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. How are you doing? You doing good? Okay. Good or okay or bad? Scale of one to ten, how what? much pain do you feel? One is no pain at all. Ten is excruciating pain. Say it to yourself. We'll take okay. How's that? We take just take okay. <laughs> no, I just no. Walk okay. away. Uh, no Let's numbers. Got it. I got it. Okay. We want to say hello to anyone who's listening, supporting the show, spreading the good word of Ghost Town. Hello. Thank you so much. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> we won an award. That's right. At the Parapod Festival. We have news for once. <laughs> We did. It was uh, really fun. Very exciting. The award is very fancy. Yeah. The box is sitting next to us. We'll take a picture and put record. it on Instagram because we're sharing custody. Yeah, that's right. By that, Rebecca gets it a hundred percent of the time, but I can come over <laughs> on and weekends play, and play catch with it. <laughs> that's right. You can actually take it out for ice cream. You can take it um, to the park if you want. Um, just make sure I have like forty-eight hours notice. Is it okay if it meets Denise? <laughs> Well, who's Denise? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty cool. We won uh, Best Ghost Podcast. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool. We were up cool. for four awards or something like that. Yeah, we were we up got, for four. We got one. We got one. Those sound like our odds for yeah. the most part. You yeah. know, and you know, when we're thrilled, honestly, it's it's very cool. Rebecca was wearing heels. And, and yeah. we sat all the way in the back. Like, we sat in the back like we were um, like suspended from school and yeah. we were like in a pep rally and they were like all right you can watch the pep rally and i yeah i was wearing heels which i don't do often and like a very short dress so we were just like i was just kind of like doo, 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 doo. Uh, and it was like took us a long time we finally got up there and i was like a little sweaty anyway i hope there are no pictures well if there are we will post them all of them <laughs> so you know the truth we want to say hello mm -hmm. to our government hello who always gets our vote that's right they always get our vote. You guys are nominated for everything, and you, you're winning it. The mayors voted most books all four years of high school. Whoa. Most books. Impressive. Everyone gets an award at the school. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> most. Most books? Books. Okay. It's, this should come as no surprise. Charlie Books Gilbert. <laughs> Hello. And the winner of most sitting at most desk, sits. sitting at library. You sit, you sit, you won't quit. This should come as no surprise. <laughs> the winner is Ashley Sitz Matson. And for the winner of most trapper keeper. <laughs> most trapper keeper? Now, you have to decide, is it brought ironically? It's caused some yeah. controversy. Yeah, that makes sense. Was it brought ironically? Or you're mm -hmm. like, no, this is very, very functional. 
yeah, most, I mean, listen, the English is meme-like in it's in how you experience it. I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Now, does it have F-16 fighters on it like they mm-hmm. used to have? Uh-huh. Or maybe some rainbows? Lisa Frank style, per our last mm. episode? Or it's just blue? Mm. Should come as no surprise. <laughs> the winner, it's Cat. <laughs> it is not an ironic trapper keeper, Joselle. This comes as no surprise. No uh, none of this comes as any surprise. And our governor, who says, don't vote for me. Mm. I don't, I'm not I don't in it, it for the awards. No. Surprise, surprise. Is the winner of the whole school complex system. Anything wow. to do with school, anything to do with inside the walls, outside the walls, the dynamics, the politics, the drama. Whoa, everything school everywhere, all at school once is Avian School Noble. Noble. So you want no ads, no chit chat, bonus episodes, just the good stuff. We should have a bonus episode coming out soon. Mm. So trying to find a good one. And you want no ads, no chit chat. You want to just binge. You want to get through it. Mm-hmm, you want to mm-hmm. start from the start and never, ever end, Mm-mm. but do it faster. Head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ghost town pod. You can do a seven day free trial. Mm. Listen to it. If you like it, stick around. If you don't, just listen to what you want to listen to. Then just leave it for dead. Leave us for dead. Leave it for dead. Whoa. Okay. We do have a Apple Podcast review. Thank you for the reviews. Very oh, kind. We appreciate it. Excellent. Anywhere you leave a review is great. And if you've left one that's not, for some reason, I can't find the other ones. Yeah. Let us know where to find it and we will read it. Exactly. You it. want it, the airtime. Yeah. You Especially do. if it's bad. Busted. <laughs> exactly. You definitely want it. You, it was a sting operation. Oof. Glad it was recommended. Five stars. The stories are very interesting and I like the variation with the short mini episodes. It's like listening to your friends tell stories with some nice banter in between. Perfect for people working from home who like the human interaction. That's mm. Cass Bailey, US and A. Oh, that's so nice. Somebody said I was a friend. I know, that's true. And it kind of I was like, Oh <laughs> I am a friend. I am a friend to some I'm not just like a Oh, you know, like a disembodied rock and roller, oh, okay. like a rock and roll, a sexy like young, cog, just yeah. a cog, in like the a Harry Styles type cog in the sex machine <laughs> of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not I'm not just, just some young no. fang, no, to, to, to trot around. You're a human. You're human. You live. You breathe. You love. <laughs> Thank you for that. We That's appreciate wonderful. it. Thank you for the support. Yeah, and. We should go back to Chicago. Let's get back to Chicago. Again, it's very nice to have these little breaks, especially for an episode like this, which gets a little dark. So I appreciate it, too. So we are back to Gage Park, where the Martinez family murders are being investigated. With no clear motive and no weapon, the Chicago police entertain multiple theories. Of course, like I said before, the botched robbery. Maybe even gang activity, organized crime. This is also pretty rampant in the area. Chicago PD starts talking to surviving family members, neighbors, friends, and work associates in hopes that these conversations can generate any actionable leads. They learn some things. One, that nobody from the immediate Martinez family has been seen or heard from in the last 48 hours. That's important. Angie Morales, the Martinez's neighbor, says Rosora stopped responding to her texts around 6 p.m. on February 2nd. 
Conversations with family members do reveal a series of people with connections to the Martinez family, including tenants and coworkers, the beginnings of a potential, perhaps suspect list. During these initial conversations, two names are flagged for law enforcement, Florentino Carrazzo and Victoria Oliveira. Family members reveal that Carrazzo worked with one of the residents of the Martinez home and may have had friction around a work conflict. A different family member suspects that Victoria Olvera may be connected to criminal gang activity, which is, again, another giant warning sign in this investigation, especially with her connections to the family. She's a family friend. Investigators talk with 63-year-old neighbor Letty Magus. Magus's family have been living on the block for 40 years. Magus reveals that although she feels safe during the day, the neighborhood has gotten a little seedier at night. She doesn't recall seeing or sensing anything suspicious connected to the family home or anything that she would flag herself. Meanwhile, Noe Martinez Sr.'s employer, United Services Company, where he works as a window washer at O'Hare International Airport, is pursued more in depth. Noe Martinez Sr.'s supervisor and co-workers widely hail the victim as a really friendly guy who generally stays under the radar. Detectives learn that the Martinez patriarch also owned a residence on the south side of Chicago. They meet with the tenant of this residence, who describes his landlord and the owner as a caring and sympathetic guy, really just nice. As some paths of inquiry lead to a dead end, authorities focus on the other people of interest. They learn more about Carrazzo and that he had a work-based relationship for years with several members of the family. They also learn that Carrazzo has in fact had several disagreements with a resident of the home, it doesn't say which one. And and some of these disagreements, these interactions had gotten pretty heated. But a check of Carrazzo's criminal background reveals nothing aside from the normal, general petty violations that one might have. Detectives then turn their focus on the potential gang connection and dig deeper on Alvera. They confirm that she's been renting a house from Martinez Sr. She had a distant but cordial relationship with the owner and landlord, Martinez. Her record is clean, but several, quote, associates of hers pop up in the Chicago criminal database, and detectives delve more into that and her background. Meanwhile, authorities revisit some initial theories, including perhaps the mob, gang activity, a robbery gone wrong, and other family members. Still, the lead detectives, and of course most everybody, feels that this brutal crime must be a person, a person that is intimately connected to the family. Years of experience tell Superintendent Johnson and Chief of Detectives Roy that it was odd that there was only one victim that was shot, Maria Martinez. Even more noteworthy and perhaps perplexing, they wondered why it was her, as opposed to her father, the patriarch of the family, the man who owned the property. Who would want Maria Martinez specifically shot dead? Please question and re-question those close to the Martinez family again, over and over trying to find some kind of lead. We've got Maria's ex-husband, Diego Uribe Cruz, Angie Morales, etc. They even questioned Diego Uribe Cruz's girlfriend, 19-year-old Jafeth Ramos. Was Maria Martinez's ex secretly jealous of his ex-wife and moved on with her life? Did Angie Morales or a neighbor with a spare key let someone into the house and something happened in that way? Nobody really seemed like that strong of a suspect. Nobody involved even had a criminal record. Eventually, investigators get that unexpected break that they needed. A notoriously tight-lipped and elusive neighbor named Laudis Oliva, Ramos's caretaker, services and finally cooperates with the investigation. She's scared, but her information proves invaluable and narrows down these suspects considerably. Oliva says that there's tension between Maria Martinez over her divorce from her ex-husband. 
In addition, she says Martinez's nephew, Uribe Cruz, was actually pretty scary and very controlling of his young girlfriend. Cruz didn't allow his 19-year-old girlfriends to take showers, put on makeup, or leave their home without his permission. Oliva's statement proves helpful, but enough to implicate a person or people for murder? Chicago PD Officer Roy eventually asks all family members in the area for DNA samples. Everyone readily consents to a DNA test, eager to help cooperate and move the investigation forward. The family DNA samples creates another breakthrough that the investigation desperately needs. When the Martinez family DNA evidence comes in, it surprises everybody. Under Maria Martinez's fingernails is the DNA of her nephew, Diego Uribe Cruz. Family members cannot believe it. The fun, gregarious cousin, a killer? Uribe Cruz was always hanging out at the Martinez home. He was part of the family. He was blood. Could it be a mistake? But Uribe Cruz is further implicated when police obtain cell phone records that put him in the area at the time of the murders. And he wasn't alone. What law enforcement finds is that Uribe Cruz's shy, girlish, 19-year-old girlfriend is also complicit in the familicide. The cell phone records of Jafeth Ramos put her right next to Uribe Cruz at the time and at the scene of the crime. On May 18th, Diego Uribe Cruz and Jafeth Ramos were arrested in their home in front of their one-year-old child. Both Cruz and Ramos soon confessed, giving horrific insight into the minds of a killer and his accomplice. Together, they revealed what happened on that fateful, tragic day. They say that in the days leading up to the murders, they were broke, really broke. Uribe Cruz and Ramos needed money for milk, diapers for their son, and were saving up to buy a car. With no fast answer, the two decided to rob the Martinez family. So on the afternoon of February 2nd, Diego Uribe Cruz and Jafeth Ramos arrived at the Martinez household with the intention of a quick robbery. As family members and frequent visitors, the two are immediately led in, and of course welcomed, by Maria Martinez. But then Maria realizes something is really wrong about the impromptu visit. It's not friendly at all, and has a hard and fast agenda. As the three walk up to the second floor, Uribe Cruz asks Maria for money. Uribe Cruz told police that he had, quote, had a lot of anger over how Martinez had treated his uncle. The two had divorced, of course, amicable as far as most people thought. Martinez says no, she can't lend him any money, and she wants him to stay, again, hang out with the family, but the two begin to argue. The disagreement escalates, and eventually Uribe Cruz shoots Maria four times in the head. At the sound of gunshots, Noe Martinez Jr. rushes upstairs, but Uribe Cruz meets him at the top of the stairs and beats him to death with a gun that killed his sister. Rosario Martinez also rushes upstairs and is pushed back down. Quickly, Uribe Cruz and Jafeth Ramos grab knives from the kitchen and stab Rosora with them repeatedly. Then, in one of the cruelest details of the case, of many cruel details, in my opinion, Uribe Cruz and Ramos force his cousins, Leonardo and Alexi, to collect cash, an Xbox, and other valuables from around the house. Uribe Cruz then took his 10-year-old cousin Alexi to the basement and stabs him to death. He returns upstairs to 13-year-old Leonardo, who begs for his life. Despite his pleas, Uribe Cruz also stabs Leonardo to death. Uribe Cruz and Ramos then waited in the house for Noe Martinez Sr. to arrive back from a quick errand. The errand? Noe had brought back tamales and hot chocolate for the children. Noe Martinez sees Uribe Cruz and Ramos, and they begin to attack him. During his attack, he asks startled questions like, Why are you killing me? I don't owe you anything. 
Rebe Cruz keeps beating and stabbing the 62-year-old man, fatally injuring him. Together, the couple leaves the house with a mere $550 in cash, the Xbox, and about $150 in valuables. Diego Uribe Cruz, who is only 22, and his girlfriend, Jafeth Ramos, who is, again, 19, were both charged on six counts of murder. On October 5th, 2022, Diego Uribe was found guilty to the murders. And on November 7th, 2022, again, so many years later from when they were arrested to the sentencing, he is sentenced to life in prison. On December 6th, 2022, 25-year-old Jafeth Ramos was sentenced to 25 years in prison. The action by the couple were called, quote, pure evil by prosecutors. I wish I could end this episode with a little bit of levity, but it is honestly pretty hard to do. Gage Park, as you might imagine, has permanently changed based on this incident. And according to police superintendent Johnson, everyone felt like it had lost the sense of community, this innocence that it once had. Quote, in my 28 years, I haven't seen a case that has hit as close to home for myself and so many others in this department, he said. Hopefully, the sense of community is something that can be rebuilt over time, something that can honor the victims while creating a safer future for such a special, tight-knit part of Chicago. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.